Okay, as in go. Sorry, one second. Fork Tales, a podcast that feeds the food and beverage world. Oh, awesome. Fortales is brought to you by Vigor, a branding and marketing agency for passion-driven, innovative restaurant, beverage, and hospitality brands. Learn more at vigorbranding.com. If you love what we're serving up, please give Fortales a five-star review on your podcast service of choice. Think of it as a tip for good service. Everyone, today I'm joined by my friend Miles Gift, Vice President of Operations at Wing Zone. Uh, Miles and I spent some time together in Las Vegas, but we won't talk about that at all because there are rules. It stays here. Uh, anyway, <laughs> it, it stays there uh, for sure. So, uh, Miles, say hello and give a little bit of backstory. Hello, everyone. Um, so, Miles Gift, um, out here in lovely, sunny Las Vegas, uh, sometimes too sunny, but you know, um, been in the restaurant business just like yourself, probably longer than we care to admit. Um, you know, so, you know, and, and the journey has been just that, man. It's been a journey through different companies, getting exposure to different great leaders that helped shape you along the way. You know, I've been at brands like Captain D's and Five Guys and Slim Chickens and and uh, here at uh, here at Wing Zone. And, and, you know, I've just I've been blessed in the industry getting to getting to work with so many great people. So happy to be here. Yeah. So what's interesting is there's not a lot of uh, correlation between the uh, other places that you've worked on. I don't see much, uh, much in common, except that is restaurants, uh, maybe some between slim chickens and wing zone. Yeah, and of yeah. course, five guys and wing zone yeah. for those that don't know, wing zone sells burgers as well. And we'll kind of unpack that in a minute, but um, so you've been in these leadership roles. What has been some of the biggest challenges you've been up against uh, and how have you tackled them? Well, you know, there, there's there's a journey, um, you know, set of obstacles, and then there's our daily operations set of os- obstacles. So, so for me in my journey, what you mentioned is is going company to company, um, even within the industry, you have a whole new set of operating procedures, how they do it, communication pieces, um, and so you're learning, you're, you know, you're learning the the operating system every time from scratch, and so you're kind of, you're starting over. You know, and so it's not only you want to get in and make an impact, but you're also trying to learn, you know, you're trying to learn mm-hmm. processes and procedures and, and get up to speed and be an expert while all the time making a difference. So um, I think as, as people go through that journey, that gets lost a little bit on you're taking a little bit of a reset and it's not just I'm bringing everything I know from a people, culture, leadership, it's it's on resetting. Um, and then on, you know, on the operating side, it's, it's always people, it's always people, always people, always people. Um, Mm -hmm. you know, it's, and now it's, it's exacerbated. It's more than it's ever been, but it's always the, the silver bullet, you know, I feel like in our industry is, is that retention piece, that culture piece. Can you create an environment where people love to be? Um, and if you can, then you, you, you get that, you know, euphoria of people with efficiency and experience and that create that guest experience. And when you're, man, when you're just not there and you've got this, this 
turning of people that, that don't don't know where the ketchup is, you know, and so how <laughs> if they don't know where that is, how can they, they be confident in creating that guest experience? And you're in this whirlwind of of finding that that you know sweet spot where where everyone loves their job, knows their job, and and um, you know uh, it's just it's the the constant battle right now. Yeah, it's really it's a really tough industry to be in because especially front of house, um, even in quick serve, there's a front of house. You really have to be on all the time. Yeah. And to find people that are up for that challenge and excel at it, it's really difficult. And then you exacerbate it by all the things that we know have happened. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then I think additionally, this this industry was started with, I think, the idea that this wasn't going to be a career. Right, right. This was going to be a stepping stone. Right. And unfortunately, I don't think a lot of our systems have really... Uh, evolved fast enough. And that's another reason why we see this. The perceptions of the industry mm -hmm. aren't exactly the best. Um, the feeling of being in a quote unquote dead end job is still there, even though as you illustrate yourself, it's not a dead end. And in fact, it's a highway to the top mm -hmm. in a lot of ways. Um, how, how in your role have you tried to tackle some of those stigmas? Well, I think it's when, when you, it starts in the interview process and you paint this picture of what's important to you from a company and a leader's standpoint, the values that you have, and then what we can provide, the showing them the ladder of success, quote unquote, you know, the future. And if you put the effort in and you do all of these things and there are, you know, financial considerations along the way, there are people growth, you know, being the, the developer of people, um, you too can, you know, build a career here and it mm -hmm. takes focus every day. And that's a, I feel like in our industry, that's one of the things that, um, is, is just sometimes the time it takes that kind of turns people off or they get, you know, dejected a little bit. If you don't do a great job of continually engaging them and continually developing them, they sometimes take their eye off of it. And they don't know what's next for them. And that's when they start to look other places or, or, or wonder, you know, if it's ever going to be their turn. Yeah. And I think something that hasn't really been addressed effectively too, is the idea of career pathing people and, um, helping them understand not just where they could go, but like what it takes, the time it yeah. takes, like you said, um, expectation setting and, and it's almost as if, uh, the pandemic and the results of it really, shined a really bright light in what was lacking there. Yeah. You know, it's like, Hey, you guys haven't treated, you've treated it like human resources as opposed to talent and, um, humans. You, you kind of took the human out of human resources. Um, yeah. And which I, is tough. I think there are people in our industry that have always done a really good job with that. And, and they've been the ones that right have been built these companies that have been the most successful, and now you're right. The pandemic has has really shined that light that says if you don't do as an industry, if you're not treating your people better, if you're not engaging them more, if you're not providing the, the, these things for them, they're going to go find somewhere else to be. And I think um, you know whether it's whether it's the internet providing you know revenue opportunities for people on TikTok or or. or Uber Eats deliveries, there's all these other places people can go than working in the restaurant business. And so I think it's been this domino effect. Like people have left regular full-time jobs to go find other revenue streams, which has opened up 
all of these positions for people to leave the restaurant business, restaurant industry, and go fill, you know, these positions. And then we, we're left with this huge gap of, you know, how many people we need versus how many people we have. Our benches are very dry at this point. Um, and it goes mm-hmm. back to, you know, it goes back to, to what are we doing for our people more than what are our people doing for us? Like, and, and it's that shift in, and I say that in a way that it has to be our focus as, as people developers, it has to be our focus in everything we do and, and part of our strategic planning, not just we know people are going to show up and people will rise to the top. No, we have to be active in that process. Yeah, it's almost the um, flipping that historic quote uh, from JFK on on its head. So ask not (laughs) what you can do for my company. Ask what my company can do for you. (laughs) That's amazing. Yeah, yeah, yeah absolutely. Know. And 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 I think that the, if if there are leaders out there that are not doing that by this point, you know, first of all, it's amazing that they're not. But, <clears throat> but it's just it's something that has found its way into all of strategic planning conversations is around that. It's always been there at the almost almost as the takeaway. Oh, people, yeah, what's your bench number? Okay, you know, everybody have a great day. And now it's like. What's our plan? What are we doing? How are we how are we training better? How are we retaining better? What's our onboarding process like? Like every step of the way is scrutinized to the point where you're trying to maximize the experience. You know, there's the internal guest, our employees, and the external guests, which are our customers. So you're trying to maximize mm-hmm. that experience for the internal guests, your team members. Um, so that so again, at the end of the day, they just love coming to work every day. Yeah. And I, I think there are tactics. Uh, obviously, there's um, there's SOPs to put into place and everything. But, you know, we get we get hit this as a tack on with uh, a lot of our marketing and advertising clients in the restaurant space um, where it's like, oh, yeah. And we need to attract better talent. Yeah. And it's like, well, that already makes me think you're not ready because it was an oh yeah, yeah. tack it on as opposed to like a number one thing. And it's not as simple as putting a help one and sign out or saying we have competitive salary. Everybody has competitive salary. Yeah. Like that's it's it's a commodity and it's being treated as such where this this section of our world, of the restaurant world, demands so much more. You know, are are you gonna have the brass tacks to say, you can take off and get paid for it? You can actually have paid holiday. We believe in that. Um, we're going to offer things like healthcare, and I know some brands are doing this, but some mm-hmm. still aren't, mm-hmm. and they're pushing back on it. Um, as well as other perks and benefits, just taking the time to understand like how the employee is doing today. You know, how are you feeling? Are you are you like yeah. feeling like rock star? Or are you feeling a little under the weather? Um, because that's going to dictate the flow of the day as well. And unfortunately a lot of brands don't actually want to invest in what it takes to become a good employer. They just want right. to throw money at the problem and try to attract people. It, it, you know, but how do you attract people to a place that sucks? Yeah. And it, it takes time to develop that. It's something that you've got to be all in on and committed on. You know, you can't just, if you're, if you're, especially if you're coming from a place where <clears throat> your, your retention is, is not solid and you don't have quality processes in place to build that, um, you've got to have the right people to build it. You've got to have your senior leadership team 
um, believe in it, that it's the right thing to do from a time standpoint. Cause if you're not, if you're doing that, you're not doing something else. Right. And so you've, you've got to have people believing in the, the time aspect as well as the money aspect, cause you've got to commit resources to it, financial resources. And so, um, yeah, if, if you're not doing that, you look up, you've got all these brand new hires, you look up in 90 days and 70% of them are gone and you're like, what happened? Mm. Right. And so everybody's right. scrambling around to get an answer to what happened and why, but they don't know because they never engaged them. So the people That's came right. in, they kind of did their thing. They looked around and they're like, nah, you know, I'm out. And so, um, that's what happens. Yeah. And I, I you know, running vigor, uh, before, uh, we sold the company, um, to Pavone, uh, which has been amazing in so many ways. But before that I was very transparent with hires, um, in, in compensation and cost, you know, because I think people don't quite understand it if they've never owned a business and hired employees, but it's like, you know, we, we don't simply just pay your salary, like the money that goes into your bank account. That's not the only thing we're paying out. There are all these other things, not to mention the time and the money mm-hmm. invested into training mm-hmm. you as well. Like we're invest, we're truly investing in you. And yes, of course we benefit. We wouldn't do it otherwise, but it's not as simple as, oh, we're just going to throw money at you and that's all it costs us. There's a lot of other costs involved. And I think what I found is when people understand the true investment from the company from the very beginning, including recruiting it starts to paint a better picture and they feel a little bit more involved in the business. Not saying that's what restaurants should do, yeah. but transparency into the business, I think is a big one because I think there is a, there's a uh, perception across all industries from the very bottom of the rung. I'm using the ladder metaphor yeah, here yeah. Um, up even until uh, low level leadership that there are fat cats at top that are just raking in the dough and just laughing their way to the banks and building their financial empires on the backs of the bus boy kind of thing. And it's just so not true. Yeah. Um, And so we have to have ways, I think, to tear down those perceptions. I think part of that too is having a CEO who's willing to roll his or her uh, sleeves up and throw fries into the fryer and, salt them and, and package them and send them out the front and be hustling at the level of the other people or, you know, not just glad handing tables in a full service restaurant, but getting behind the bar and rocking out some cocktails to alleviate the pressure. Mm-hmm. I think when people see their leaders on the line, as it were, they, they start to develop a rapport there that is, keeps them involved and, and, yeah. and um, keeps them engaged, but yeah, it's, it's an appreciation, right? Um, both ways. So the, the person that's back there doing it every day feels appreciated that someone's going to stop, you know, and, and I've got a story from early in my career. I was still in college. I was working at Walmart and, um, you know, I was stocking the, the Valentine candy aisle. And if you've ever set modular mm. at a big box, <laughs> you know, the, the job I'm talking about. Right. And so, I've got these pallets of candy out there and all these shelves and just, it's like, you're like, Oh my gosh, I can't believe I have to do this. You know? And yeah. our, the general manager of the, of the Walmart was walking by and he stopped, he came back and he unpacked one box with me. How you doing? Mm-hmm. Checked in on me. Right. And it changed my out, outlook on that job, first of all. Right. And I mean, it, it, uh, you know, he cared about what I was doing. It just, it was one of those moments. Obviously I still carry it with me today. You know, it was one of those moments yep. where I felt appreciated and it changed my perspective. And so I think that's so important 
on that part was where our employees feel appreciated. They want to know, you know, it's, it's yes, a $25 gift card to, you know, gas station right now is, is, is extremely valuable, but, but Sosa, thank you. And Sosa, I appreciate what you're doing. And, and those are free and we can give those out all day long and we should give those out all day long, you know? Yeah. Um, and I, so I think your, your point's spot on. Yeah, no doubt. I mean, I think a leader that won't get in the trenches is no leader at all. And it shows, I mean, you could, you could ask people verbally and you may not get the honest response, but you'll see it in their actions. Um, and you also see it in the turnover. I mean, people don't want to leave a good leader, even if they're not making as much as they could. A Um, a quarter or more or, you know, whatever. It's, it's not worth it when they know they've got a good thing. They know they're treated well. They, they love coming to work. Um, that quarter, because they can do the math too, right? The quarter, an hour over a period of a month, you know, is it, is it worth that? And, and a lot of, you know, when when you're providing that experience, the answer a lot of times is no. That's right. So let, let's shift gears to uh, wing zone here because there's a lot happening in the industry uh, with virtual restaurants and everything. And so the, the pandemic really kicked into high gear a number of technological advances yeah. as well as things that were sort of starting to happen. Um, man, it just accelerated it. And really I think did. one of the things I saw was the virtual brands, right? The virtual restaurants. Yeah. Um, and it seems like a lot of brands jumped on board and the lowest hanging fruit was no fruit at all. And that was uh, wings. It just seemed like everybody <laughs> launched a wings brand, which had to have been, um, I don't know, just a bit of a pisser for the, <laughs> for the, the owners of wings. I'm like, come on, we've been doing this for a minute and now everyone else is dropping wings into fryers and calling themselves a wing concept. Yeah. So how do you continue to compete effectively with such a flooded market? And what do you think has helped wing zone stand apart from all this competition? Well, I think, you know, as, as we're looking at the landscape now, we've, we've made some decisions strategically on what the brand is going to be going forward. And so we have um, completely redone the experience for the guests and we're getting ready to launch new restaurants out here in Las Vegas, kind of the, the 2.0, if you will, of our brand while we're continuing to operate the 1.0. So the 1.0 um, is the full line, right? The, the salads, the burgers that you talked about and everything that you can get there. 2.0 is we're going, we're going, um, less is more. So we're doing, you know, traditional wings, boneless wings, tenders, fries, and funnel cake for dessert, funnel cake fries. And that's our menu, Mm -hmm. right? So we're, we're getting back to the basics. Um, every process matters. We want to hit it on every day because every guest experience is more valuable, if you will, than it was five years ago. Like five years ago, you could miss on a couple guests and they'll forgive you and they'll come back. Now, if you miss on the guest experience, it, it hurts. And so we're trying to do what we do well better than anybody else. We're getting ready to introduce robotics in store number two out here in Las Vegas. So, um, you know, from a from a, a, a labor and commodities standpoint, we're trying to address the labor that way, um, make it make it easier and more profitable to run our business. And then from a commodities standpoint, it's it's a storm right now, because <clears throat> like you mentioned, it's so when everyone else does wings, it's market share, but it's also commodities. It's availability of wings, which drives price mm-hmm. up. So. So you're getting kind of a double edge there on, on every cut. You know, you're, you're paying a little bit more, but everyone else is also selling wings. And so 
it's it's definitely something that keeps me up at night you know is is just staying fresh and staying relevant and um we've got a really good team of people that uh you know are making that happen and have a vision for the future of how we think we can set ourselves apart from some of the behemoths in the industry and there's there's one you know draped in green that uh you know is dominating our landscape right now so uh yeah you know they're they're in our sights and and we're coming for them so <laughs> i love it yeah. i love it it's like uh, the scene from tombstone yeah. you tell them i'm coming and hell's coming with me that's right that's right <laughs> they don't know it yet but i you know i, I said that last week actually you know so but uh, that's yeah, great you know and, and i think we, you know we've got a we've got we got an organization of people that are very focused, and uh, I'm I'm really excited to see where we're going over the next you know five ten years. Yeah, so I mean, I, I know you're an ops guy, but I did want to tap into this. It seems like Wingzone fell into a little bit of um, I'll say a trap right now, but I don't necessarily want to commit to that word. Uh, in, in starting from the very beginning, what are we going to call this concept? We're going to call it Wingzone. Because we're going to sell wings. Mm-hmm. Now, the issue that I see with that from from the brand strategy perspective, which is, you know, of course, my background and expertise, is great. Now you've reduced the need to communicate what you do, and it's more of why you're different, how you're different, what makes you unique, so on and so forth. And that's really great off the bat, and, and when you're when you're starting up. But then I think the trap happened is from an operational perspective, wings aren't enough to make. Mm-hmm are not. We need to be making more revenue. So it's time to add. The issue is when you add things like you said, salads mm-hmm. or burgers, well, now I'm wing zone, come have our salads. What? I'm very confused. And so I think that's the trap. And it's great to see you kind of go back to basics. And I have to presume that some of that is uh, all the issues that come with menu bloat, which is yeah. we make our bang on wing Right. And we can do that over and over again. But now I have to think about salads. Now I have to think about burgers. Now I have to think about these things. And every time you add something, every for every and, there is a heightened potential of messing things up. And so I think it, it becomes not a trap when you go back to your strengths, which are wings. Um, and, of course, boneless wings and all the ancillary items that go along with it. So burgers are one of the three items that currently adorn the signage of wing zone uh the other two being tenders and of course wings um but that name wing zone has that product indicator so how have you cultivated awareness um about this ancillary menu staple well i i mean quite honestly you you spoke to where our vision is going is is stripping it all down and being wing experts you know and so Mm. you know currently in the 1.0 stores we we've got the salads and the burgers and all those things we would love, you know, in 12, 18, 24 months for the 2.0 version of Wing Zone to be all of Wing Zone, right? We, we really want that to be our future. Boneless, traditional, tenders, fries, um, you know, maybe someday a chicken sandwich, who knows, but, but we're stripping it all down so much to just be wing experts. Cause you're right. You bring, start bringing in all these SKUs and you've got all these other training procedures and you've got to do this, do this. And, and, oh, by the way, you know, we're, we're, we're doing a $1,500 hour and we're banging out wings and we're staffing for that. But now we've got to step off and go do a burger or step off. Mm-hmm. And go do, right. And so when I step off of this, this production stops and yes, it's in the fryer. Um, and so maybe it's got a six minute time and, and I have a little bit of time, but there may be another basket that's up, you know, that needs right. sauce. And, and so, um, we're really trying to, to, to just get it to the point where, expert can be 
you know, after our name. So, and, and that's it. And, and, well, I was about to say that. Yeah, I mean, like, it's not just about hopping off to do a burger. You have to do a damn good burger. Yeah, right. You're not, you're, right. You know, you're not talking about uh, a vertical that has McDonald's and Burger King and Wendy's and you're good. You're talking about, you know, the next level up, right. which is Shake Shack, right. and, and the next level above that, which is, you know, maybe Five Guys is on Shake Shack. But, like, then you have your craft burger world. Yeah. So, like, you have to and show where do you up. fit, right? And, right. And, and you don't want to fit with the McDonald's. But you don't spend enough. It's not what you do, quote unquote. So you're not going to make as good a burger as five guys. So it's that, okay, I'm here. And so what I believe to be true is that if people are coming to me and and want wings, that if somebody doesn't, they can get a burger, right? Or or, or something like that. And and it's... it, it complicates and it muddies operations and you start to lead to to slow times or mistakes being made and all of these things that you know the again the 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 wing stops the the in and outs the raising canes they've proven do something and do it really really well and you know and they build it and they will come you know kind of Mm -hmm. kind of thing and and so that's what that's what we believe is that we can do this better than anyone else. Yeah. I mean, and I think the the thing is it's good to have an operations um, expert such as yourself at the helm because it's really tough to say no to ideas, especially when the economics seem to work out in the spreadsheet. Mm -hmm. It's something we come up against all the time. One of the byproducts of a strong brand strategy, uh, at least how I position it is, you have the ability to evaluate and say no. Say, hey, look, that's a great idea. It just doesn't fit what we're doing, you know? And so high five, keep the ideas coming. But we now have, you know, with a strategy, we have a way to evaluate the right fit and the wrong fit for us, which makes decisions easier, which makes the brand stronger because the brand isn't just the the logo out front or the way things look. I mean, it is everything. Mm-hmm. It's the company and brand strategy is business yeah, strategy. Right. And so I, I love that you're going back to these basics because wings have so much opportunity. I mean, you have fried versus grilled versus baked or roasted. You know, you can do breaded, unbreaded, boneless, tendies, you know, uh, list goes on. And then, and in the world of sauces, I mean, just alone, you you could be launching a new sauce every month. Yeah. And and Um, we have 17 sauces. So we, you know, mm -hmm. we've got a little bit for everyone. Um, I love our Buffalo bliss, which is the Buffalo flavor, um, no heat. So you just get that rich flavor coming through and, uh, dip it in some blue cheese and, you know, I'm, I'm good to go. Um, but we've got, yeah. you know, we got honey Q. We got, we've got a lot of really popular, um, strong flavors and, um, and that's the, you know, and, and you mentioned, that's the thing is, is especially if I'm a one store operator and you're telling me my, um, theoretical food cost is 30% and I'm, I'm bringing you this item. Let's say it's a burger you stay on the topic mm-hmm. and the food cost there's going to be 23%, right? To first glance well of course you know that makes so much sense you're going to drive down food cost and and everything's going to you're going to add sales and life's going to be great um but along the way and as you as you do this you realize you start you know skimming the the experience for the guest off a little bit you know and it's not as crisp and it's not as great and um the the wings this time because you had to make my burger because you forgot now my wings are a little cold and mm-hmm, so i lose mm-hmm. experience you know and then so all of these things erode what we're here to do which is 
serve a bang and wing, you know? And that's so, right. And so that's what we're, that's what we're focused on. So I love that. Yeah. I mean, I get really excited when I think about it. So I got really excited because, uh, hoots, which is, I think the worst name, um, <laughs> but it's, <laughs> I get it. And I, I'm sorry, Hooters, I have to take more jabs at you. I've done it in, in the press, but I'm going to keep on doing yeah. it. I loved you when I was 15. Yeah, right? I, um, yes, yes. <laughs> you know, but and, and super secretly, my my wife and I we love their wings because they're really damn good. You know, the breaded wings. But I will never go to Hooters. I have, I I'll never go to Hooters in a long time. But they used to have a. Uh, they may still, but the D- Daytona wings. If you've never had the Daytona wings, I haven't. We're really good. They're, they nice. are a really good product. Yeah. What do they taste like? Uh, Hawaiian Tropic or something? <laughs> A little bit, a little bit. You know? <laughs> You're like, what's that coconutty flavor? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> oh no, I can't put my finger on it, but I like it. You know? Yeah, 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 it's tasty, little, little sweet, little. Yeah, okay. <laughs> um, so, what, what's so great about them? Uh, you know, they're just it's it's. I think they're fried and then pan fried, so it's got a little bit of like a a, a different mm. sear crunch going on. It's not the the crunch of a, a breaded. It's a little bit of crispiness on there, and it it uh, and it's good. I love it. Yeah. So um, you, you sort of uh, slipped in a word earlier, and I'd love to talk a little bit more about it. Robot. So, so <laughs> you're getting into the robotic yeah. world. Are, are you ready to share some of that with us? Um, ish. You know. Um, so you know, there's Flippy out there with the the, yeah. the burgers. Um, so it's Miso Robotics, and so there's now Chippy. Uh, over at Chipotle doing chips. Um, okay. You yeah. know, and, and we haven't come up with a snazzy word for ours, but we, you know, we've got the, the, the vision of, you know, almost like where, where you've got one person in the back and he's filling the boxes of product and mm-hmm. the robot kind of takes it over to from there all the way through to packaging. So, yeah, I mean, you think about, you know, if, if you're open from 11 to sometimes 2 a.m., which we are in a lot of cases, you know, that uh, 15 hours worth of work, seven days a week, 365 days a year, there's a lot of, uh, of, of uh, labor savings that we can help increase our margins from all these this commodity pressure as well as, you know, just, just standard um, you know, minimum wage is going up and different things that are happening. And, and that's not even enough anymore. You know, I mean, you're still not competitive at minimum wage. So whether, right. you, whether your minimum wage says it's $15 an hour or not, that's yeah. really where you're at, you know? And so when you think you, you're, you're on the, the verge of doubling that, um, you know, we, we've got to find, um, a way to separate ourselves and, and, a, and a value position for our franchisees in the system and coming into the system. Um, and yes, it's sexy and cool. And, and, and like you said, you, you love the word robot and, um, but it's, but it's about being, I don't, I train someone one time and he does it forever, you know, with That's robot, right. you know, and it's like, Oh, the six minutes on, is up. Oh, but, but he's over here making a burger. Right. So, so yep. six minutes turns into nine minutes and now my wings are dry, but, but not with, not with our guy, you know, he, he's going to pull it up in six minutes. So he, he um, knows exactly. Yeah. So, so we're looking at it and, and we're getting ready to test it out here this year. Like I said, and uh, you know, we're, we're hoping the test goes well and, and it starts popping up all over the country. Yeah. That'd be amazing. Yeah. Um, you know, I think 
without getting too deep into this topic because it's for another another episode at another time. <laughs> but um, I think there's also um, the wrong perspective on technology and what that means for us as an industry. Um, I think a lot of people jump to cold, um, inhuman. Um, the list goes on of all the negative perceptions, yeah, yeah. but I really do think it needs to be repositioned as a way to accentuate and uh, strengthen the customer experience and the connectivity because my guy on the line dropping wings into a tank really isn't doing much to accentuate the customer experience, especially if he's messing up mm-hmm. one out of every 50 orders. Um, Cause like you said, some might say that's a good ratio. It's a terrible ratio. Every single bad order has ripple effects yeah, when yeah. someone jumps on Yelp and, and bitches about it, right? So I do think we need to start seeing technology as an enabler to get reconnected with the guest in the ways that are unique to us and only what our industry can do. Well, and I talked a little bit earlier about the internal guest and the external the internal guest being our team member. It enhances our internal guest's experience, right? Because who wants to stand over a fryer for eight hours? And then at the end of your shift, after you're, you know, you're covered in grease, you, you get to filter the fryer, you know, or you get to right. dump it or, mm. or boil it out or, or all these things, right? And so if we can automate that, we're enhancing our internal guest experience from, you know, you get to, to load the product and, and sauce the product. And, and so, man, I enjoyed my day you know, ex- exponentially more than, than I used to, you know? And so, right. um, yeah, you talk about the consistency part too. And I think, I think the part that we don't think about as much is that, is that internal experience about how my day was. I don't have to mess with any of that stuff. Right. Cause, cause yeah, it's, it's hard to staff right now. <laughs> you know, I mean, I think everything from the pandemic you talked about earlier that has sped all this up. Like I've, talked about robotics for five years pre-pandemic and it was always one of these things that's out there it's fun to talk about now let's get back to work you know that's right and it became something that if you're not actively planning it you're going to be behind you're going to you're going to really fall behind And, and so staffing restaurants i've seen restaurants here locally that that i've been talking with their operators and they're pushing their opening day not because of construction not because of equipment because they can't find the staff to yeah. get ready to open the restaurant effectively. And they're pushing and, you know, pushing costs, you know, costs revenue. And so um, it's, it's a proposition for us that how can we, through, through everything that's happening in the climate, how can we, we remain competitive and relevant? And so um, I think it has to be part of the discussion. Yeah, and I think we need to get real, real world solutions that can actually be activated. And we need brands to recommit to that internal stakeholder, or you said the internal guest, yeah. um, and really commit to them, not just lip service. Right. Um, all right. So probably some of the most profound, introspective questions I'm about to drop right now. So <laughs> listeners or watchers. You're going to break out your notepad. We're yeah. going to drop some truth. <laughs> what is your go-to sauce combination at Wing Zone? Um, you know, I, I mentioned um, the Buffalo Bliss earlier, but, man, the, the honey cue. Uh, and, and when I'm in salads, it's it's ranch all the time. But for whatever reason, when I hit the wings, I, I, I do the blue cheese. And uh, so, so honey cue and blue cheese is... And I mentioned the Buffalo Bliss where it doesn't have any of the heat. We do have like nuclear and we've got some mm-hmm. hot, hot flavors that are going to bring it. So, but Honey Q's mine. 
I love it. So I um, side anecdote here. My sister lived here in Atlanta before I did a long time ago. It just sort of was weird that I ended up moving down after she moved back to Pennsylvania. Um, in Pennsylvania, for those that don't know, there is a nuclear power plant called Three Mile Island. And so uh, we went to the local Hooters in Conyers back in 2003. With you going to Hooters, though. That's That's right. Yeah, yeah. So it was, you know, Conyers, Georgia isn't really known for having options for food. So the family, you know, my sister, her husband, and the kids, we just went there because the food is good enough. Anyway, and I love their wings. Um, The the waitress, I was like, oh, wow, you have Three Mile Island here. Um, and she's like, yeah, I was like, oh, you know what that is? She's like hotter. I'm like, <laughs> I was like up one on the, on the scale. So yeah. like you're, you're, you're not wrong. <laughs> you are, you are not wrong. <laughs> um, anyway, so final, final question here. If you had one final meal, where would you, uh, eat? What would you eat? What would that look like? Yeah, I would go, uh, you know, I'm lucky to be in Vegas. So I would, uh, hit the buffet with all you can eat crab legs. So, <laughs> so. Any buffet in particular? Uh, you know, we love Red Rock, which is uh, you know right down the street from us. Um, sure. So when we when we do buffets, we usually keep it out here local, stay away from the crowds, and, and hit Red Rock Casino. So killer, I love it, man. Well, hey, thanks for your time. This has been like super enlightening. Uh, it's great to hear what's happening at Wing Zone. We'll, we'll definitely keep our eyes on the news, uh, and yeah, we'll talk real soon. Thanks for hopping on the show. If you love what we've served up, please follow us at Vigor Branding on Instagram, LinkedIn, YouTube, and Medium. Fork Tales is produced by the team at Vigor. Audio and video post-productions provided by Zencaster. Music performed by Jet Trash and licensed through musicbed.com. Joseph handles his own hair, makeup, and stunts. Copyright 2003 to 2021, Vigor Graphic Design, LLC, all rights reserved.